All right. So as an amateur podcaster video, whatever this is, I forgot to record an intro for Brian, which, you know, I was too excited and I just wanted to talk to him. So I have my first guest. So you will have a little bit of an audio change if you're listening to this on audio or a wardrobe change if you're watching me on video. But I, you know, got too excited and forgot to record the intro. So here I am merging it together. So you will also notice a change in audio because on my first episode, I did not realize that my microphone was backwards. So it's a learning curve and you know, you can't, I saw a really great quote that you can't have a great 50th episode if you don't do a first average episode. So bear with me. It is worth listening to my crackly audio because Brian is so interesting. So my first guest is Brian Jarvis from Toronto, Canada. And Brian has been an educator. He's worked behind the chair. He's worked on cruise ships. He moved to Thailand. He has now opened his own salon and had a lot of success in that. He works on ET Canada. So entertainment tonight, doing TV shows and all kinds of stuff for them. So I thought this is a perfect person who one is just so nice and easy to chat with. And I thought, who can I feel comfortable getting the nervous butterflies out with? And I knew it would be him. So we arranged um, a Zoom call between Canada and Australia to sit down and talk about how Brian has had success in this industry. So I hope that you bear with me through the technical troubles of my first episode, but it will be worth it. And I promise you that it gets better the more episodes we'll have. So without further ado, pop us in to myself and Brian talking shit. So hello, this is my first official chat with my first official friend. So I'm so excited. I couldn't think of a more perfect person to have on this with me. Like, Who is going to make me feel comfortable and like have good banter with me and like keep it going and turn their video off and who is going to arrive 50 minutes late to my first recording? Right. And I had the whole day off. And I Nothing all day. Nothing all day. And I'm still late. Showing up to something in my own house. Oh my God. I love it. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Perfect because I have nowhere to be and nothing to do. I'm stuck in this spare room. I've literally like billowed the walls with like duvet covers and stuff to try and muffle my sound. Soundproof? Nice, nice. You know, rookie. I banished the boyfriend and the dog to the bedroom so I could have like. This looks great behind you. The setup. Thanks. Love this it. is our usually our dining room wall. Oh. And okay. by dining room, I mean I live in a teeny tiny condo, so like the whole room. <laughs> this is my entire apartment. <laughs> this is my dining room wall, my kitchen wall, my living room wall, <laughs> <laughs> my bathroom, <laughs> and my bathroom. I'm sitting on the toilet right now. <laughs> I'm dead. Okay. So the point of me 
having these conversations and what I wanted to get out of it was essentially for myself. And then I was like, oh, I want to go give to some other people too. So I thought, I have always been interested in the business side of hairdressing, how you progress from being behind the chair into education or TV. And you are like the prime candidate of this doing. So I just wanted to while I have the time and I'm at home and I have time to reconnect with people in other countries, mm-hmm. like I'm in Australia, you're in Canada, and we can make this work when normally we're too busy to do it. And I just thought, I want to ask people how they've done it and if they're happy with their decisions and you know how they, how they became successful. So I thought that you were a prime candidate for this Thank you. I was so flattered when you asked. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm just glad you said yes. I've asked 50 other people and they didn't say yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Yes. <laughs> I have a whole day of interviews to go. <laughs> so we got to go. Yeah. You know how you're 50 minutes late? I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe just start a little bit of background because, like, you know, if people don't know you, shocking, but I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, like how long you've been in the industry, how you maybe got in the industry, a little, a little um, of you. So when we like talked, pre-talked about like doing this and the idea of it, I was quite nervous about what I was going to talk about because when I look back on my career and everything that's happened, I feel like I have a horseshoe up my ass, to be honest with you. Like everything just kind of. Yeah. And so I was like, how am I going to convince you <laughs> and everybody else that I worked my ass off to get here when I feel so privileged and, and. Yeah. How Lucky, nice that that's how you feel anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, even, even the start, I think also, um, and back when I used to teach, and I don't know if this is maybe the appropriate thing to say anymore, but I used to say all the time, <laughs> you can teach a monkey to cut hair. Which, you know, you did but... teach me. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Brian was my cutting educator. <laughs> <laughs> and now she does mostly color. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But that's funny. So if anyone, that's how I know Brian. Brian used to teach me cutting like eight eight years ago or something. So during teaching, I would say you could teach a monkey to cut hair, but it takes the, that oomph to be a hairstylist. Yeah. Like, and I find that's the difference in, in everybody's creativity level. Yeah. And that's the difference, unfortunately, in good haircuts and bad haircuts and good hair color and bad hair color. You said the personality. Yeah. Yeah. The personality and the X factor. It's a craft. It's a talent. So, I mean, like I said, you can teach a monkey to cut hair because you can teach a basic haircut to anybody. Yeah. But it's whether or not you have that oomph to take it somewhere to the next level or be that successful with it. Yes. And I think something that I have only recently reflected on. (laughs) I don't know what I'm holding. It's like a nail. I don't know where that (laughs) came from. weird grabbing things that i have over here yeah so like anyways (laughs) (laughs) but what i don't know i'm still holding it what i have been thinking about is that i 
think that there are people who are hairdressers who are so content and love going to work, doing their clients, working for somebody else and going home. And they love that. And for me, I always was watching being like, don't you want to be on stage? Don't you want to be doing photo shoots? Don't you want to be going to education or around the world? Like, how are you just so happy with that? And me being like, oh, they're not even that passionate about it. Or they don't like it as much as I do. And that's not true, but that's just not my story. And these are the people I want to talk to of, you know, that's not what your story is either. And that wasn't going to be enough for you. Right? And that's why I was so excited about this chat with you. Amazing! Because exactly what you just said is exactly how I have felt for so long. Is that, like when I was doing photo shoots back in the day with all of, all of the team and all yeah. of that, it was when I would ask people, do you want to come? Do you want to do it? And people would say no. I would be like, what do you mean? What? What do you mean? No. <laughs> Don't want to work with me? Yeah. Or even back yeah. when I was doing ET Canada before I officially joined the team, when I was doing it on behalf of the old salon, nobody else wanted to go. Yes. Shocking. Like they came back from a trip and it was like, will you go, will you go to ET Canada? Because nobody else um really wants to go or can go and i was like what do you mean what else could you possibly be <laughs> why who that's how more am important. i important how are there not how is everybody on staff not putting their hand up for this yeah so maybe so explain was, what et canada is i don't know if, so you know, et canada is people will know i'm not sure entertainment tonight though i think so yeah people should know they'll that. know what that is <laughs> Y'all well, know. I mean, well, <laughs> I feel like Entertainment Tonight is yeah. is the bigger name. So Entertainment Tonight, ET Canada is Entertainment Tonight Canada. Yeah. Um, with yeah, yeah, yeah. So what at the old salon, like I was saying, so we went on behalf. I just didn't understand that, Crystal. It yeah. just didn't make any sense to me. So I see, like you, I saw the opportunities in things, mm -hmm. and I saw the potential in things. Mm -hmm. And I took every opportunity I could. So that's why I realized after saying that everything I felt lucky for, I don't know if it was luck because I said yes to everything. You were just willing to do the work that other people were willing to do willing. all. You other never people, know yeah. where, yeah, you never know where a day is going to take you. 100%. So, so I didn't realize yes that that ET connection came from the old salon. I didn't, this is, mm -hmm. see, this is why I want to have these chats. I want to know how, mm -hmm. you, how mm -hmm. you did it. Mm -hmm. Amazing. <laughs> Okay. Um, so how long have you actually been in the industry now? So I went to hair school in 2003. Okay. So 17 years. I know. <laughs> so you are very old. <laughs> I know. Just kidding. But isn't it insane? I literally was writing down like just a bit about myself to try and have a bio and stuff. And I was like, I started working at the salon in the beauty industry 10 years ago. I still think I'm 23 years old. Like, I know that? Well, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Thinking so that old. I think I'm 23 years old still. And I don't yeah. think that ever goes away. I think like when we I, do a 30 year anniversary of this podcast, we'll oh both be God. like, well, I still you. feel 23. <laughs> wow. I love that you think this is going to continue. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, that's good that's good okay yeah but I do I feel like when I go to work or like anything I'm like oh they're gonna think I don't know what I'm doing I'm so young you know <laughs> but 
I, I've been doing this for 10 years and I love it. And I think that we are in the most amazing industry to progress and anything that you want to do. If you are happy working behind the chair, that's incredible. If you are happy working in your one salon room in your house, amazing. Totally. But I just you know feel what I, like- sir, Can I just speak on that for a second? Yeah. You saying that, I, taking that analogy and putting it into other aspects of life. I didn't grow up in Toronto. Yeah. So the, the people who just want to work behind a chair, I shouldn't say just want to work behind a chair. I don't mean that. Because like that's that. the totally people who good want, for them. They love that. Yes. The great. people who want to work behind the chair, the people who want to do photo shoots, the people who want to do TV, it goes back to the people who, I look back at people who I went to high school with who left high school, got married, had a baby, and that was their life. So, I mean, it's kind of the same thing, only in the career. Like, it's like, that's what you wanted. That's your life. I used to be like, oh, my God, that's crazy. Yes. But they're happy. That's what makes I... you happy. Oh, and who am I God. to judge that? That is literally So, I'm learning to just be like, life. I think you're insane, but I'm glad you're happy. <laughs> yes. I completely... I think something that we can both relate and why we maybe have these perspectives is because we have moved and lived overseas, not just moved to Toronto for you. You used to live in Thailand, didn't you? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when mm -hmm, you have mm -hmm. those experiences, if that's in you, that feeling of wanting to move and wanting to travel, if you don't do that, it's going to eat you alive. Whereas I couldn't understand that there was people who didn't think that. Like, how could you not want to move to Australia? Same with the Thailand thing. When people yes. were like, oh how? my God, that's amazing. I wish I could do that. Well, you, you can. can. Yes. Just do it. <laughs> yes, exactly. But now that I've been in it and I see exactly what you said, the people from high school who are married and have kids and, you know, I'm over here like, homeless half the time and they're all engaged <laughs> I'm like yeah. living out of my backpack but then the I still feel years. like there's part of me too I mean I think just as as society just as human beings because I mean I look at them and there's aspects of their life that I do like and like yeah. oh my god they have a house in a backyard yeah 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 so I mean I think no matter where you look or what you do everybody's looking at you you're looking at other people I but I think it's just sticking to yourself. But I think like me and you, taking the opportunities and being a little bit less fearless than everybody else mm -hmm. gives us the upper hand. Well, that's exactly what I felt like with this. I was like, I'm going to be sitting at home for six weeks. We're in lockdown in Melbourne for six weeks. Can't leave the house, no work, no nothing. And I'm also on no pay. Like I don't get government relief. So I was like, I need to find something to do. And these conversations I've wanted to have and just thought, you know, I might as well record it and see if I can make something of it. And even if I don't use it and if there's shit and nobody wants to listen to us, then so what? <laughs> I still got the information for myself and I'm putting myself out there. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but at least I'm doing something. And it will work. exactly what you said, like so many people are doing what you want to do who won't be as good as you just because they're doing it and you're sitting you're yeah. like uh, exactly why. Okay. So I would love to know how you made the transition and when I guess, cause I don't even really remember kind of how you did it, but leaving the salon and opening your own, like, did you go into just working like in your kitchen for a bit? And then you're like, I want a salon. Did you always want a salon? How did that kind of happen for you or what happened for you? <clears throat> See, I think back and I think for the longest time, I always said I never wanted a salon. 
I didn't want, but I think that was in my 20s. I didn't want the responsibility of that it. That is exactly what I have always said. So oh I've always God, said no, I didn't, I up until I was about 30, I probably yeah. said I, I don't want a salon. No, I never want a salon. Because I ultimately wanted to pursue editorial and things like that. Yeah. Um, so anyways, long story short, I came back, left our old salon for a year in 2013 to do live in Thailand for a year. Yes. When okay. I came back from Thailand, that's when the old salon had a sponsorship with ET Canada. Mm. Um, and that's when I started going on their behalf. Okay. So I would go there twice a week. And what did um, you do in Thailand? Were you just gallivanting or were you doing hair? What yeah, absolutely nothing. <laughs> nothing. I had honestly, I met a guy the year before and he was going to Thailand. Who is also named um, Brian? Who's also named Brian. <laughs> I was saying it, I'm like, I hope that that's the Brian who we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I this. That. I remember sitting in the back, like, <laughs> color room, and you, that was before you went, right? Yeah. Yes, and you'd be like, I'm just going to go. I'm going to Thailand with this guy. And we were like, what? I was probably, like, 18. I'm like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Isn't that wild? Yeah, so you, so you guys so we already went, had the ticket to, to Thailand, yeah. so it was like, what do I do? Like, I dig this guy, so oh my God. quit my job, sold my all my shit, and away I went. We were gone for a year. We did nothing. We like worked random places, worked at beach bars, worked at like this weird cinema in Phnom Penh in Cambodia, and we just kind of were beach and bums for a year. Had you ever had another job besides hairdressing before that? Yeah, I had a lot of jobs. Oh, cool. <laughs> Not like careers, but I yeah, mean yeah. like I worked at Famous Players. I worked at Tim oh, Hortons. That's how you got the cinema job in Thailand. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I had experience. <laughs> Not on the CV. <laughs> I have. I have so many experience. So camera. Popcorn making experience. Come on, come on. <laughs> Do you know that that's my favorite food? Popcorn? Corn in general, yeah. Really? I have popcorn like every day. Do you? <laughs> I just had a brand new popcorn last night that I've never tried before and I'm obsessed. What do you mean? Like a brand? Well, yeah, because like I went to see my grandma on the weekend and she like gave me this bag of popcorn that she bought for me. Oh, and so me and B2 had it last night and we, it was amazing. Cool. My mom sent over a box recently. Sometimes they send me a bit of, you know, welfare packages. <laughs> <laughs> You know those kernels flavor shakers that you put on your popcorn? Yeah. Oh my god, there's like 30 flavors in the in the cupboard now. <laughs> the whole area in the pantry for them. They're the best. <laughs> they don't have them in Australia. It's like not a thing. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so you went to Thailand, you worked, you lived, you traveled, you did hair there a bit. Did you not? A little bit? No. Uh, I, tried I think a little it's bit, something at I mean, least we, that is useful if you are traveling, bring your scissors and you do a haircut in the hostel. And I did bring dry. my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The reality is the, when you're traveling Southeast Asia, the people who would get haircuts are also travelers and they were broke. Like yeah. we were the same. We were broke. Totally. Yeah. I, to get a haircut in town with a local, I got my haircut for a dollar. So, I mean, why am I going to pay me, me more than a dollar? Yeah. So, it didn't yeah. really make sense. Okay, fair enough. So, you came back, then you went back to the salon that you were previously at? 
Yes, and then started with ET Canada. Amazing. And then Um, maybe explain what you do for them, like how you do it and what what you do. Yeah. So with ET Canada, I um, just go every morning, um, meet with Cheryl and Sangeeta usually, because the boys are kind of left to their own vices to do their own hair. So (laughs) go there in the morning, get them ready. um, And so what time are you going there in the morning? Um, it used to be earlier. Now it's kind of mid-afternoon because we try to shoot better. the show close to live. <laughs> but morning time, 8.30, I'm still going to be late. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, so after being back from Thailand and going back to the salon, it only took me a year to be like, I ultimately, the reality is I went back to the old salon because I needed money immediately. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so I went back to the salon and just started making money, but it was probably about a year when I was like, what am I doing? It's hard when you're already checked out, when you've already got this idea of I'm going to be this person. It's quite mm-hmm. challenging to then kind of take a step back or have to do that, like understandably so. Like, I, I yeah, when you move, you don't realize like how much money it costs to move and even when you have 100 back to and yeah yeah i've been living in yeah because we had to move we moved home for years yeah but it's i mean that's i would prefer to live that way also because i mean i want to see the world and do things (laughs) so we coming yeah we came back to the condo we're in now um but we came back to this so we obviously had to start working immediately yeah um so it was just an easy thing but you also feel like you've taken a step backwards yeah. So it's like that. I had left and just seen like an incredible part of the world and all of a sudden I was back at the same salon. I think that like... has always been my fear of like, I do want to move home eventually. Like, I think that that's the thought, but I have this fear of I'm so different now to who I was and I've had all this life experience and I've traveled and moved and now made really long-term friendships here that coming back if I come back, which is what I'm yearning to do, is that going to actually make me happy once I'm back? Or am I going to feel like that? Like, oh, I'm back in my, you know, bubble a bit. So I would love to know how you kind of broke free from that, I guess. And like now are in your own chapter. And I think by leaving the salon. Yeah. I don't think I would have felt that way if I didn't go back to the old salon. Yeah. I because it's going back I into also, your life so just inserting it's back going in. back to my old like right back in and yeah. i think regardless of they were my friends i don't discredit them being my friends at that moment in time when we worked at that salon mm. they were my best friends mm. but when you leave somewhere you quickly realize life gets in the way and you don't get to see these people every single day well i haven't talked to you in i don't know mm-hmm. Like we, you know, yeah. DM and all of that, but you do, you, it's true. You don't catch you up. You get for, lost. Yeah. So I think as I grew up, my friendships changed. And although I cherish those friendships, we're not as close with 98% of the people that I yeah. used to be with. So I think, especially when I left the salon and I joined Easy Canada, my life changed again because I became quite friendly with Cheryl and Sangeeta and them and Alicia and wardrobe and Suzanne and makeup. So yeah. like I created you get a another whole new family, new family, which mm. then led me to other friendships in a new family. Totally. So even though I'm back home, my life, even 
seven, eight years ago was drastically different. So I feel like I've evolved enough that I don't feel like I've taken any steps backwards. So did you go from the salon right full time into ET? Like you didn't... Yes. You would go to another salon? I decided to just leave the salon. Yeah. Yeah. No. I left the old salon and I wanted to pursue editorial and TV. And because... Growing up, that was my other passion. Like, I fell into hair, but my other passion was pop culture. I always loved pop culture. I loved Beverly Hills 90210 and Melrose Place and, like, music. My first, I went to see it, my first love was Tina Turner. I went to my first Tina Turner Turner concert in, like, 1986. I was, yeah, I was four years old, but she was, like, my favorite. Oh my god. So pop culture at such a young age was my jam. Like I loved it. So cool. when ET Canada came into my life and I had already now had this newfound passion for hair, yeah. and I was like, I can do both like hair oh in a pop oh, culture pop- world. Yeah. I was like, this is my, like dream. I'm living my dream. This is my dream job. So doing TIFF, going to TIFF and like working down on King Street and seeing all the celebs doing hair and being in it, like I'm living my dream. I'm, that is so effing cool. It's a, it's a really cool life. And I'm very, very lucky. Love it. What do you think, maybe, because you do own your own salon now. So I'd love to I dive do. into that and ask like, one, how did you come up with the name? And two, how did you transition from, say, being not employed as a hairdresser and then working on a show and then now you have a salon? How, how did you do that? Um, so yeah, I left the salon in 2016, February, 2016, I left the salon and decided to just pursue this. I didn't know if I would ever go back to the salon. I didn't know what was going to happen. So I just pursued the ET Canada thing and all of that. Um, and is that enough? You don't have to answer this, but is that enough of an income doing that? Like, I think when I think about say shoot days and stuff, like they are long, massive, big days. I know a shoot's not the same as doing hair for the TV show, but is that something that when you're going from being, you were a fully booked hairdresser behind the chair to then doing two hours of hair before a TV show, is that something that is financially doable or do you have to have this backup where you are working still behind the chair? Financially doable, yes. Um, it was, um, the reality is money-wise, to be honest, Crystal, in one year, I made probably the same amount of money I made at the salon, but I worked about 70% less. Yeah, totally. So ultimately what led me to opening a salon too was the fact that no, the actual work was not enough. Yeah. I was not content with that. Even going, even it became, um, because I would do photo shoots with Cheryl. I would do commercials with Cheryl. I would do, a TV show with Stangita, I would do. So other work was coming in. I wasn't yes. just into Canada at this point. Totally. But at the end of the day, going to set is just curling and styling hair all day, which I love. I love doing updos. I love styling. Yeah. But I also love cutting. Yeah. And I was no longer cutting hair. Yeah. And after about a year and a half, I was having this like... <laughs> like I'm doing hair and it's great but I'm not like I'm not, not fulfilling my full I'm not potential. fulfilled 
And you're also at this point, because I'm freelance, so anytime I'm on set, I am the only hairstylist. Mm. So I'm, and I don't longer have my friends from the old salon. So I'm not mm. talking about hair. I'm not looking at what's the next class to take. I'm not yes. keeping up on trends. But the work's coming in, so you don't feel like you're not in it. Yes. But then all of a sudden you look around and you're like, I might be inspiring somebody. And on set, they're like, oh my God, her hair's so beautiful. It's great, it's great, it's great. But <laughs> who's inspiring me? Yes. And I was like, and not that my, my team does not, like I'm Cheryl and Sandita like, and everybody inspires me in that way. But I mean by hair. Who's inspiring yes, me hair-wise? I understand that. And I started feeling like I need to be surrounded by other hairstylists. Yeah. So that's totally. what ultimately kind of came full circle to opening a salon. As for the name, when I left the old salon, I changed, I started my social media, Brian Gone Rogue, because I was like going on my own, doing on my, doing my own thing, going rogue and like breaking yeah. all the rules. Do you know so that I it came still time to always, open this? I always think of this because I didn't know it said rogue and I thought it said rouge, like red. And I remember having a conversation <laughs> I don't get what's hair hair gone rouge or Brian gone rouge. Are you embarrassed? Like I was thinking it was like your skin or something. I remember this conversation and then you were like, what? You were like, what do you mean? It's a rogue. That's true. But I remember it like vividly being so mortified that I was like, oh, rogue. Sorry. Oh, sorry, keep going. So you took it from your Instagram name into your salon. So name. yeah, when I left the salon, and so then <laughs> within two years, I mean, I don't have a ton of followers, but I was trying to get my name out there as Brian Gone Rogue. Yeah. So when the salon yeah. came around, Hair Gone Rogue just seemed like the right thing to do because I also, in my head, and I'm still trying to get there because we're still quite new and it's been a bumpy ride with COVID and everything, still being a new salon. Mm -hmm. So Hair Gone Rogue, ultimately I wanted to be, because when I was doing freelance, I was like, well then maybe I'll just rent a chair or I'll like cut hair, just renting a chair once. But nobody would rent me a chair for a day or two oh, days. Working see, freelance, I couldn't commit to a week. This is incredible. I couldn't commit to a week okay. because one week I would be working four or five days. The next week I would yeah. be working no days. I yeah. couldn't find a salon that would let me come and go as I please, obviously. Interesting. I for wonder business why that reasons, is. I get it. Why? Because why people need to cover their asses. Rent is expensive in cities like Toronto. Yeah. So, so it's you like can't just have a chair place. that maybe somebody will come in and rent. Yes. Okay. I get so that. when I opened Hair me, Gone Rogue, I will. Yeah. No, I was saying to me, thinking about it, like, I'm obviously not a business owner and all these things. And I'm like, wouldn't that just be an advantage? You have someone coming in as they please. They bring their own products, say, and they just pay you. But I get, I didn't think about it that because way. Because barbershops like, do it. Barbershops have, have like to... guest artists come in yeah. and cut hair for so the day. So it's like, you need to be a salon owner who has a full staff and then has a spare chair that you use for processing or potentially a random person, like, you know, a, a chair rental right. can come. Like, so when I open Hair Gone Rogue, that's kind of what I wanted. I wanted to have like a brothel of hairstylists. 
I wanted to have a place like Hair Gone Rogue. I wanted to have a place for people like me who might also be in the industry, but need a hub to come and rent for a day. So I wanted to have a place like you want to rent a chair for a day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on Saturday, rent this chair. Oh, we have a makeup art, especially for makeup artists that maybe have a clientele or something, but are also freelance. It's hard to be a makeup artist in a store or location, like most are freelance. So it was like, I wanted to have a hub, not just of people who want to work behind the chair, but people who freelance, people who do things and just have a, ultimately maybe, I don't want to say an agency, but have a place where where my freelance is getting so big where I'd be like, I can't come, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send Amber. I can't come, yeah. but I'm gonna send Crystal. I can't come, but yes. and just have people doing what I do and all like feeding off is each other's energy and is creativity. That like what, is that what oh. you want to be doing? <sighs> yes. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how when you truly love something or when you are so passionate, it does give you that like overflowing, bubbling over the edge feeling, like. It's yeah, it's, it's orgasmic. Amazing. When I start talking about it, I get this like, like you said yes. earlier, skin crawling, like out of breath, like talking more, like I'm getting to the climax of this, this story, is and it's amazing. And I'm like, does anybody else feel that way about what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Shit, what I'm talking sometimes. about. So how do you think that you're able then to have a salon that does chair rental in such um, a non-structured way and be successful? Like, do you have other stylists who do work for you full-time or do you rent a, like, how are you covering your ass, I guess, like those other people maybe couldn't for you? Um, By working my ass off. So the real, real is (laughs) we were open, we're open two years ago this month. Okay, So... And it's a salon space, right? That you rent? It's a salon space, yep. It's on the second floor on Young Street, like Young and Eglinton neighborhood, which is a really nice area in Toronto. Um, Location-wise, we picked it because it's central. It's not east nor west. Young Street is the middle of Toronto. Eglinton is a little more north, but it's only one subway up from downtown, right off the highway. So, I mean, I thought it would just be somewhere everybody could just gather. Also not too far from my old salon. So even though it had been two years, I thought, yeah. hey, I'm if not too far. If people were willing to go there, look over here. with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so I mean, it's truthfully, it's been a bumpy road. Somebody said to me, when you open the salon, make sure you have enough money to sustain yourself for two years. Because it takes two years to get like, from vroom That's a lot of money to save. Mm-hmm. So we opened, my business partner, Bobby and Bestie Bobby, we opened um, $20,000, dollars $60,000 in debt. <laughs> oh wow. Because like most things in my life, like leaving the salon for ET Canada, like leaving my life at 30 yeah. to like go to Southeast Asia <coughs> with some guy I just met three months earlier, or like moving to Vancouver for a year, doing all the things, like everything in my life, I was like, there we go. Now we're never. Hope for the best. Yeah. You <laughs> and trust I had yourself. always said to myself, Heather, so I said to you earlier that up until 30, I was like, no salon, no salon. And then I was like, maybe a salon, maybe a salon. Okay. Like if I don't have a salon by 35, then I'm going to like do something else. And I actually opened the salon in my 35th like year. Oh so like God, it all, amazing. it's weird. And so you, um, do you say you have a business partner? 
Yeah, so I have a business partner in Bestie, Bobby, who was working at Mac at the time. Yeah. Um, and she was manager and running a Mac store. So aside from being my best friend, who doesn't want to work with their best friend all the time, um, I knew she was also looking for maybe a career change. So I said to her, like, do you want to open this up? And before I could even finish saying it, she was like, yes, yes, let's do it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, amazing. Like, do you want to go ask your husband or like talk to your husband about it and make sure? And she's like, nope, doing it, we're doing it, I'm doing it. I'm like, okay. But and that's the best thing when somebody also not... believes in you and like, yeah, trusts, a do week it with later... you and you're both willing. A week later, we went on the government website and we like registered Hair Gone Rogue as a business. And then we did nothing for a whole year. <laughs> we just sat on it, but we were like, we register our business. We've done and it. I look at Bobby and like, we're registered, we're registered. And I'm like, what do we do now? And she's like, we wait for the phone to ring. <laughs> and so, how did it change? How did the phone ring? Or how did, you so know? So, that was. I want to say that was summer 2017. Um, but Bobby was getting married in January. Okay. So this was probably, this was probably August 2017. Bobby was getting married in January. Um, and we were kind of like, you know what? Let's just focus on the wedding. Let's get through the wedding and we'll start planning the salon in the new year. So at her wedding, um, we were telling everybody like, yeah, we're going to open a salon. We're going to open a salon. And everybody was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And so we did, like, five months And later. I think sometimes <laughs> you have to put it out there to be, account to be accountable. Like, that's accountable. literally how I felt with you with this. Last week, I was like, I was umming and awing, and I've had the idea, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, I literally have to ask Brian what day and what time we can do it, because otherwise, I'm going to push it to next week, and I'm not going to do it. And, I'm and when, now that I've said it to someone, I had to do it. So because you and her had said it and put it out there, you yeah i think because we're creative of. people we can also be great procrastinators oh my because God. we can we fill our minds and our heads with a gazillion of other things yeah. so i can be like yeah yeah later yeah yeah, yeah later and yeah. even talking to you right now <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 10 years later yeah yeah, yeah. 10 years yeah. later <laughs> <laughs> love it um what do you think was the biggest challenge of starting your own business or biggest regret or biggest mistake, biggest lesson, like? Um, I think we did it really fast. I don't have any regrets. So going back Amazing. to the having enough money to sustain yourself for two years, we obviously did not do that. We just opened the so doors. So you had to take a loan out? Yeah. And at okay. the time when we opened the doors, it was just me and Bobby and Bobby was not a hairstylist. Yeah. So Bobby was the makeup artist on staff and, but Bobby having come from the Mac background in business, Bobby knew all the business side of everything. So she was my, is my. And is that in terms of say, understanding the computer systems or all of that? Yes. Like that was her kind of forte, the booking system. Yeah. How to choose what booking And I had met Bobby at the old salon. Um, that's how Bobby and I met. So she also had like a receptionist background, knew the computer systems. Yeah. So she knew everything that I knew only maybe 10% of. She yeah. knew how to break down everything for our accountant. She knew how to put in, like she knew a lot. And how so did it you was... choose an accountant? Like, is it an accountant that say specializes in hairdressing? Or like, how do you, is that um, the kind of no. you always used? What did you? And this is kind of, again, with the luck <laughs> I thing. I love it. 
it's her husband's one of her husband's best friend's dad who is an accountant and he's a great guy like we we really love him honestly and he does a bunch of businesses so again we just kind of got lucky with that everything becomes word of mouth you see when you start opening a business how many people know people you didn't know knew people Mm. (laughs) so like our lawyer for example i ended up getting through a client and a friend Okay. Um, the accountant came from Bobby's husband's friend's dad. So like, and I guess you start too, seeing once how you it's start, all. Yeah. You don't think that you need those things. Help. Why do I need a lawyer? People want to help. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, even with people this, are excited. graphics, like I was like, I am the least techie person of all time. Like, and my graphics and things, I have these ideas and I literally like have them scribbled on a piece of paper in here. Like mm. what my graphic designs were gonna be. And I'm like, who the hell is gonna make this for me? Because I am a stick person. <laughs> you can do it. And this is what so the reason I sent you some of those apps the other day, I sent Crystal a couple apps because I was like, we do, I mean the stuff we put on our salon or whatever isn't amazing. I do it myself. But as artists and a struggling artist sometimes. We don't have a a shit ton of money. So you got to do what you got to do. And I will tell you something. One of the lines that we carry in the salon is called R&Co. Yes. Um, And it stands for Rogue and Company, which goes so well with Hair Gone Rogue. Um, So the labels on R&Co are actually their own photos. Back when they were trying to launch the line in order to save money on graphics and everything, they took their own photos and used their own graphics for And I love their all the products. It's actually very eye-catching. It's amazing. So it also makes me feel like I can do this. And the more I do this, the more I'll get better at it. And there's also yes. this sense of... And then this one time, somebody sent a DM and they were like, oh my God, I love your graphics. And I was like, oh my God, I'm doing it myself. <laughs> so, so you get better and again it's right. something as creative people it's fun to do i enjoy it because like yeah. the placement and the color schemes of everything becomes yes. very obsessive yeah cool well i will keep going on those little graphics then <laughs> <laughs> i think that's what's intimidating though because i'm not great at it i'm like oh i don't want to put this half out. i'm very all or nothing like i cannot do something that I don't feel like is 100% kind of, which sometimes I think is an issue as well. Like you need to just do it. Like, is this audio going to be the best it's going to be compared to a year from now? <laughs> if I have the podcast still. <laughs> Maybe. I know, but Crystal, everybody starts somewhere and yes. everybody has a history. Look, yeah. look at back at Kim Kardashian. Do you think she wants those red carpet photos when she was just Paris Hilton's assistant <laughs> floating around the internet before she had any of the work done? Probably yeah. not. <laughs> But everybody starts somewhere. I know. So like I totally. said to you, when we're doing the 30th anniversary of this podcast, we can look back and be like, oh my God, look at your disgusting graphics. <laughs> that you told me to do myself. <laughs> you were trying so, like, to sabotage me. <laughs> everybody starts somewhere. So I think oh. like, but yes, you have to be, I get what you mean. Also is, but you must feel that way about hair color every day. Crystal, I've been doing it for 17 years and haircuts still walk out the door that I'm not 100% okay oh. with because we're artists. I'm yeah. never going to be 100% okay with it. Haircuts walk totally. out the door when I get to like 96% okay with it. I'm like, okay, that's good. That's good. <laughs> that's good. That or one else little piece. Here, yeah, or else I'm going to be here all day long. Yeah. 
But I think that is what separates us is the attention to detail and the absolute care factor. You know, a lot of people don't give a shit that that haircut walks out and is crooked. Whereas you and I, I had a client that I did recently and it was a color correction. There was nothing at all I could have done better. And I went around the entire salon and I was like, oh my God, to every one of my like colleagues, what could I, what did I do wrong? What could I have done? This, this, and this, nothing. It's hair, it's color. Like that's what happened. But I like lost sleep for two days over it because the margin of pink was a little different on the roots than the ends. And I went crazy over it. Whereas other people would go home and not even think twice about it. It's hard. <laughs> We're so alike. I feel I the same. Like a, a haircut or hair color can ruin my mood or my day. Like 100%. it really can. And like you said, then I go home, I'm thinking about it all night. I'm not talking to B2 because he's yeah. like, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. Because I'm not going to be like, well, today I used a, a 9-1 when I probably should have used an 8-1. And now she has a little bit of a... Like, and he won't get that. So it's just... But it triggers into people. other parts of life. Being a hairstylist, you don't leave it at the door and go home for the night. You actually care about people's hair and you want to make people happy. But then it's also our own insanity because what you're talking about, about what could I have done differently? And the client probably doesn't see what you see. But we're like... Yes, it's so hard. But it's good. I'd I'd rather be me than anyone, really. Yeah. Well, I'd rather, I'd have, rather have that care factor. I oh feel like God, the hairstylist yeah. who's letting it just walk out the door, you have no passion then. Yeah. You have no passion. You're doing it for the money. You're doing it for, but I mean, there's other things you could do for probably better money. So go do that. I used to hate that. Well, no, but like when there were stylists in there that would do that or didn't really care, it was like, you're wasting a chair for somebody like me or somebody like you. Yes. Like if you, this is your attitude, then go flip burgers. And so how many people do you have, back to your salon for a sec, how many people right. do you have working for you now? So when we opened, it was just right? Bobby and I, and it was just, Bob- no, sorry, it was me and Bobby, and we also hired a, because we have a little private room in the back for lashes and microblading and permanent makeup. Cool. And Which is such blah, a huge blah, blah. thing now. Totally. So Bobby, one of our good friends, Kim, she joined the team right away, and she is our lash and brow technician. So the three of us opened and it was probably us for four months. And then we had our first chair renter. Our first chair renter came, she was just a colorist. She was really great. Um, She had just moved from Vancouver, um, but she had a huge following. So she was really busy. So she was with us for about six or eight months. And, and do they just pay you like a flat rate? Like when you get someone in, do they just pay you like a certain amount per month or per week? Yeah. And that's it, so no they literally rent that chair. That, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. their chair. She got a key and she could come and go as she pleased. Um, we're closed Sunday, Monday, but she had the option to work Sunday, Monday if she wanted to, like she had a key and there's different um, levels with that too, Crystal. So it's like, when somebody asks us what we charge for a chair rental, it's like, are you just renting the chair? Because some chair renters, use their own color, use their own products, yes. use everything. So if that you just want the chair, then it's this price. If you want the chair and use of the products, then it's this. If you want the chair and how use do you of the products that? and use of the color, it's this. Um, do you, like you really saying difficult. you're not the business person, you know, your words that Bobby kind yep. of was that. Is she the person who like gets the calculator and breaks it all down and figures out what's going to be profitable? Or have you learned yes. to do that as you dived in? 
I'm getting better at it. Putting a price yeah. on anything as an artist is incredibly difficult. As really, you know, it has taken me, again, 17 years in, and I still want to be, like, undercharged people. Yeah. Because it's our work. As an artist, I look at my work, and I'm like, how do I put a value on that? Mm. Like, I can't. Like, I just can't. I can't sometimes. Yeah. So when I see bills going, like, because they've gotten <laughs> color and a cut and extensions and new extensions, so they're like, blah, 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 and somebody's bill is close to two grand, I'm like, yep. <sighs> but Bobby always but says to me, if they couldn't afford it, they wouldn't be here. Yes, and She's if like, they can just afford it it's and you're not going to charge, they're going to go somewhere else. 100%, but it's hard to put a price on your own work. So totally get that. Bobby often takes the lead on that because I struggle to be like, it's this and that. Yeah, I think so it's quite she, important then to have a business partner and somebody. But I also think yeah. it's important for people listening because I know my girlfriends, when I was pitching my ideas of what I was going to talk about and things like that, I was like, you know, I want to know, like, how do you do the finances and the account? Did you get an accountant? They're like, oh, I don't know anything about that. Like, you feel like because you're a hairdresser and you're not an accountant and you're not a lawyer and you don't have this. Because that's the joke, right? Head. Like, here, yes, can you add this, this and this? No, I'm a hairdresser. <laughs> Yeah. Meanwhile, all I do all day is numbers. It's chemistry count numbers. I all know. I do. So it's like you I get this know. intimidation factor, like, oh my God, I couldn't work for myself because I don't understand how to do those things. But you're saying you have a business, you work on a massive TV show and all these things, and you fully don't get it, but you figure it out as you go and you have people around you to help. You have you. people around you. I would recommend Incredible. an accountant to anybody yeah. only because. When it comes to a business, I mean, there's business taxes. There's like, it's, there's a whole world. It was really, really eye-opening. People, are, you don't think opening a business is going to be easy, but it, it was really, excuse me, really fucking hard. <laughs> it was really hard. There was a lot of loopholes. There's things you don't know. We like went and got our business license. We went and got our this. And then like, we're days from opening and they're like, well, do you have your municipality license with this, 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 and this? And it's like, what is that? I've never even heard of that. Nobody told yeah. me about that. Well, you'll need that to open. And I'm like, well, we open in three days. Well, it takes a <laughs> week to get it. Booked. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, I, what? And it was just like, it. you were always just. <sighs> but, but I think something that happens and you learn whether it's opening a business or being in a effing pandemic with the airports closed and no income, it, I always think about it like that seems so daunting and so overwhelming to me thinking about that. But I'm in this pandemic that if I was explained about, I would be very the same way. But you just make it work because it's your life. It's, it's your reality right now that you don't have an right. alternative. So you just, yeah. it just happens and, and you're living through it. But if I was listening to somebody else explaining it, I'd be like, oh my God, that sounds like crazy. But because it's you 100%. and it's your life. And you have and to. Yeah, you have no choice. Yeah. You have to do it. We like, sat in a lot of meetings where I would just be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And then we'd leave and I'd turn to Bobby and be like, okay, what? <laughs> <laughs> because it's just a lot. There's a lot of information coming at you yeah. and a lot of stuff. But I mean, yeah, you're right. You sit there and you listen and you learn. Because at this point, we already had the the space rented we were doing rentals so like we got to do what we got to do but an yeah. accountant i think just think saves your ass 
It doesn't get you into trouble. They do your taxes for you. They take everything on. It just saves your ass. And I think as an owner who's working, also working in the salon, also working as the only hairstylist, having a business partner, I don't know how somebody would do this on their own. Yeah. You would, I would have drowned. And so you are still working in the salon and working on ET. You're still doing both, right? Yes. So So that's what became hard about. Yes. There was a point, there was a ton of hours because Bobby and I also worked on another TV show. So the issue with income and money has literally been a roller coaster since we opened because we opened for one year, one year, we opened for one year. And then Bobby and I took on a job working on a new show called Family Home Overhaul on HGTV Canada with Cheryl Hickey. So I'm doing the hair. Bobby's doing the makeup for this. How amazing thinking, that you Yeah, let's sign up for this that. t-shirt or for this TV show. That's amazing. Like, that'll be great. Except we're yeah. still the only staff at the salon. So uh, now we're working on this TV show three, four days a week and nobody's at the salon. So yeah. what and were we thinking? you are still having to pay rent there. <laughs> so we were working seven days a week because any day we weren't on set we had to be at the salon sundays mondays tuesdays at 3 a.m i was doing whatever i had to do to take my clients because we had been we're a year in now so we have a bit of a clientele generating yeah revenue as well so i'm not going to lie we that was probably a mistake for us to do show was so much fun i mean we had a blast but when you own a salon that was with no staff, that was we. You're used we, to living by the seat of your pants and being like, "Oh my god, amazing! I'm gonna move." To yeah, let's do it. And then you have this little thing. It's like a baby. You know, you oh shit, yeah. I can't be out all night partying because I have a, a baby. <laughs> but you yeah. have something that you have to still be able to provide for. Exactly. So we took on this TV show and we lost a bit of the clientele. We had just started to build up in a year. Hard. So that was really hard. And then we had just started going again and like, and then COVID. Like we were only. And you were finished. We wrapped the, Crystal, we wrapped the show in January. Wow. And you were forced So we went back full time in the salon in February and we closed in March. So I mean. Crazy. We're lucky yeah. that now, people were, were still like ET still occurring during COVID, like because the TV shows no. are still happening. No. Um, yes, they are still happening. Yes, okay. but all hosts are shooting from their home and they're doing their own hair and makeup and they have their own okay. setup. Cool. Interesting. So that's a mm-hmm. huge change of pace for you, going from being on a TV show, being on set, owning your own salon, doing all of this to completely nothing. It was. Um, and yeah, especially coming off the TV show and doing the salon. So I literally went from working seven days, 12 to 16 hour days, if not longer, to nothing. And it was great for about two or three weeks. Yeah. And then I started going crazy. Never in my life have I had panic attacks before. And there were nights I was on the balcony like... <gasps> Like, I just couldn't get enough air in my system because yeah. it you all just shut down. How am I going to come out of it? Or because you were just overwhelmed with what to do with yourself? I think being overwhelmed, when you're go, go, go like that, I love it. When I first started at the old salon, I worked for four years straight without taking a vacation. 
And I didn't feel like I needed to because also, Crystal, what you'll understand, when you do what you love, you don't often feel overworked because no. uh, yeah. I love what I do. So what one time he was like, what? It's been, it's been four years and I haven't taken a vacation. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't click in. So I think when I'm working like that, when I'm on set and I'm at the salon, it's not work, it's work, but it's my passion. I love it. Yeah. So I'm going to set and I'm playing with hair all day. I'm going to salon and I'm playing yeah. with hair all day. And so when that's so taken I love away it. And then it just taken it away from you and you have nothing, and I'm just supposed to sit here. And it's not just that your passion and your work has been taken away from you, your family, your friends, your everything was taken away from you. So like everybody, it was just like, whoa. And I had time to sit and think. And I think it was the first time I had time to sit and think. And a lot has happened in the last two years that I think I just actually had time to process. And there was a a really dark month probably in the middle of COVID that was a little crazy and weird and I felt off but I came out the other side like so much happier and so much better because you have to put in the work you can't just sit at home and hope that your emotions are going to get better I put in the work I I listened to the my friends I wanted to like figure out what friendships what relationships I wanted and I also realized I love what I do but I don't want to go back to work that hard because there was relationships people in my own family that I reconnected with that I'm like I haven't been around I just work which I love again I love but I just work you have to create that foundation to be able to have you have to create you have to because you look around I look around and like my niece is four four or five years old and I'm like I what like I haven't been any I don't And that's also not okay. You should be able, I think balance is important. Mm -hmm. You can love what you do and you can work hard and you can work every day, but you need to take the time to appreciate things, which I also know you do and love. And that's also why I think we connect on so many levels is because I I know you know the value of family and, and I respect that and I appreciate that in you. So I think we have so many similarities, which was also made me so excited about this conversation is because I think we understand each other on a different level. Yeah, and I was like, I can have somebody like Brian on and that I haven't sat on the phone with in five years and that I haven't seen, you know. <laughs> like, when, would, when have we ever had a phone call? Never, but I know I don't you, think ever, even all the times we knew each other because no. we saw each other so much. But it's just, you're just that easy person and you can get along and talk shit and be That's open so funny. Be- That's what I said to B2 <laughs> when I told him that you had asked me to do this. I'm like, I'm so excited. I said, because I just feel like Crystal's the kind of person I can just open up with and tell her like honest shit. Like, that's so, so funny nice. you said that. That's how I feel about you. I was like, I just need someone <laughs> that I can just, and I do, I admire how you've gone from the salon and gone on to working in TV shows and all these things. And I think I'm really trying to find my niche that I have always, I've never been the most creative person, like, you know, through high school and all these things, like art was never my forte, but I really wanted to be a good painter, you know? Right. And I, I never had a plan B besides hairdressing and I am good at it. I'm good at it, but I'm not Oops. the person who's thinking of these crazy avant-garde photo shoots or, you know, coming up with my own curriculum. Like, I'm, so I'm like, how am I going to make it? I'm, I felt very It's also hard to be that person, Crystal, when you're working. Yes. 
like and when I, you're working exactly your day to day, this, it's hard to, yeah. again, with the balance to try and find balance, to take a minute to have your own creativity because we're also artists who have a limit. You are an artist and you might have an imagination that's out to here, but your yeah. client brings you a photo. Yeah. So your creativity is only up yeah. to you because we're, yeah. we're limited. So yeah. when it's like when people come in and, or have virgin hair or they're like, do whatever you want. It's like, what? <gasps> like, oh it's, my God. <laughs> oh my God. I'm that's hot right, I <laughs> because we're so limited at what we do. So yeah. I think trying to find the time to sit and be like, put together a collection, put together. Yeah, so like I have so like many that, ideas, yeah. but it's just literally scribbles because yeah. I can't. <laughs> I showed you my doodles. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to do, but, but you're also true. chasing the success because you're happy for that. And like, so like, I want to be big. I want to be on the, on the stage at the international hair shows and saying it, but I don't have the curriculum that say Candy Shaw's thought of. How am I going to think of it? She's already thought of it. Well, this has already been made. Like, what the fuck am I going to create? And now what I this think is you where... don't see, what I think you don't see is that everybody has a team. Yeah. I think you need to surround yourself with the team. Yeah. And I think it's important to have people. And that's what I'm learning right now. And that's what I'm going to try and do. Right now, the only other person we have on staff is Rena. Oh. Uh, I wanted to do a I double know. whammy situation, <laughs> and we will. But I, I'm I was like, so I need excited to... to be working with Rena. Like, I'm so oh excited God. because she also is on our level for creativity and passion. I love so oh, when again. Rena joined the team, I was so excited, but I also know we only have Rena for a limited amount of time because yeah. she's going to be with her husband who I think is great and wonderful, but I'm super annoyed with for stealing her away, but it's amazing. But isn't um, that the really beautiful thing? And the main thing that I love about this industry is one, the connection I get with clients and those people, but the people I get to work with my 90% of my friend group, or maybe 80% is hairdressers and people that I've worked with. And I've worked in these massive monster salons. Like I, the salon I'm at now is probably the smallest salon that I've ever worked in. And there's maybe 10 of us. And before that we were working at 150 employees salon. Same. <laughs> Excuse the me. Salon the salon I own is I, only eight chairs. So like, it's crazy it's small. that, but I appreciate But during so much. these times, mm -hmm. that's the best salon to you have. Need, you need the little groups, but I just I think feel it's, grateful for the connections that I've been able to make and the friendships that I've made through my journey through different salons. And I've worked at a lot of salons, same brand, but I've worked, say the brand I work for has five locations. I've worked right. in all five locations. Right. So I've made friends at all of that. And same with where we came from, you know, like it being that way, I think is opened my eyes to being like, I can do this and I'm going to do it where they're not willing to, or don't want to, or don't think they can. I'm just going to do it <laughs> and ask the questions. And like, you I just will wanna... do it because you want to do it. And because you have such a positive outlook. Again, when I say that luck has been on my side, at the end of the day, I am a very positive person. I mm. always try and look on the, on the good side of life. And yeah. I think more times than not, that carries you further in life because yeah. it's important. I think putting out Which good I energy and putting out good vibes, like you said with your clients. And I also used to say to my students, 
when I chose, when I decided to do hair is because I wanted to change the world. And I remember one student saying to me, you're going to change the world by being a hairstylist. And I'm like, <laughs> you're going to yeah, fail you your little. class, Mike. <laughs> and you're going to fail, you little fucker. <laughs> you will not be going but into I the was like, yeah, new talent. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because if I send somebody out that door glowing, yeah. they are going to radiate that energy and that positivity onto so many people. And yeah, in my world, I am changing the world a little bit by putting out positive vibes and happy You people. being in the room makes people happy. Do you know what I mean? You make people mm. say by entering yeah, the room. Yeah, like, That's the energy that you have. And that's why you're able to be successful also. Do you miss educating? I think that's educa what, in all the news, I do, yeah. hold on. All of the, <laughs> we're getting a lot of new clients these days too. And a lot of people are saying what they love the most is the energy in the salon because it's important with, for me to connect with people. It's important for me to not just be a hairstylist. I, I've had bosses before who like do a five minute haircut and pass everything else, shampoos, somebody else, blow dry somebody else. You're paying for me and my time. Yeah, What's sometimes I need help. <laughs> sometimes I might need help, but like you're connecting with me. Like I want, I want the relationship. I don't want yeah. to just be that. So I think it's, it's important to to be positive and and keep people going. Um, I was just going to ask you about education because to me, that's where I see myself going. I love to teach. I love to educate. I think I'm actually good at it. And I'm, you know, okay to say that. Like I, I'm good at conveying that knowledge and making sure that that person has that aha moment. And I, I love that. That's what I want to be doing. And that's why I want to be having these conversations to be like, how did you become this or that? Or how did you become an international educator or how, whatever? So do you miss educating? Because that was a big part of your kind of launch, you know, and meeting you and all these things was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Miss that? Would you do that again? I do miss educating. I miss, yeah. um, I just miss you teaching the next generation. Yeah. It's, there's something so fulfilling about it. Seeing people graduate, seeing how excited people are, seeing people, I mean, we, we worked together a little bit, but we, I think we connected more on a personal level than, because you went into yeah. color and you like took off with You color. weren't really a great educator. And I send you messages, even before all this, I've been sending you messages about, how proud I am of you and how amazing you. it is. And I maybe had like a 0.5% in all of this happening for you, but it's just so exciting to see- To see people. Somebody, because I was also that to somebody. Yeah. I look back on, her name is Dominica. I look back on Dominica who owned the first salon I ever worked, with, worked at and had zero hair experience. I went in for an interview and I'm sitting with the manager on this couch and the salon's called Divas and Associates. Oh my it's God. It's this beautiful salon and I'm sitting there and the owner's standing there cutting hair and I'm interviewing with the manager. I must've been seven, 17, 18. How old was I? Maybe 19. Anyways, um, and the owner is like, says to the manager, does he have any hair experience? And she, the manager says, no. And the owner's like, but he's so cute. Just give him the job. <laughs> <laughs> so I started sweeping hair just Friday, Saturdays. And Love it. that's actually how it all started. People are willing to have you. Yeah, 100%.
<laughs> you can you can teach exactly what you said. You can teach a monkey to cut, and you can teach people the technique, but you can't teach the energy and the personality. And I think that is where we have a major life. And that's the part of teaching that I don't like when you have a student who is like. Not that I don't like it, but it's it's harder when you have yeah. somebody like yourself who has a passion, and you can see it. Like you can see it in people. Mm. You will look at somebody and be like, "That's they're going to be somebody. They're going to, they're going to take this to the next level." So amazing. Okay, well, looking at wrapping up in a different way than we normally do. <laughs> I'm waiting to use that one. <laughs> anything else that you'd like you know any last advice or anything that you think you would you wish you knew like what do you wish someone told you before you went on your own or started your own, you know went well not yeah. what I wish but how about what I will tell you for your future and everything look I get a rat um, you know what I wish I wore a turtleneck because I get this uncomfortable <laughs> rat <laughs> so often I sat down and I was like Oh shit, I should have put a high neck on. <laughs> I get this like uncomfortable rat all the time. It's so mortifying. <laughs> yeah, I just got my hand. Okay, go ahead, talk about me. <laughs> um, you were, I'm very proud of you. I want you to know that I am. I want it now that I'm actually so looking nice. at you, I want to tell you how proud I am of you. And you're really so killing kind. it. Um, and don't, don't stress about the future. Put out there what you want to happen. But Crystal, I feel like because we're so, we're so alike in so many ways, you're going to get there. Good things are going to happen just because of who you are. You put out good vibes and you put out good energy and good things happen to those people. So don't stop working hard, but don't stress so much about who or where or when it's going to happen. I didn't have totally. my salon until I was 35, 36. I didn't start ET Canada until I was well into my 30s. Like mm, sometimes it happens at different levels for different people. Yeah. So there's don't, no failure will, in being this age and not no. being an international artist. Had I got the artist. ET job at, at 23 years old, maybe I wouldn't have appreciated yeah. it. Maybe I would have pissed would have that away. And I, yeah, 100%. Everything will yeah. come to you, like everything will unfold as it should. Totally. So keep working hard, but don't stress about when it's going to happen. As long as you keep working hard and doing what you're doing, I know you're going to succeed. So amazing. Thank you. <laughs> well, on this note, I would like to open a bottle of champagne. Yes! <laughs> I'm going to text you and be like, get a bottle, because I'm like, this isn't going to be as fun for you, because... We are going to cheers to getting through the positive coming out the other side of the COVID situation because I'm still in it. And I, that last week that I had was shit and I felt shit. And I know that you felt like that. And I think that it's a really nice thing for people to hear that even the people like us who, you know, are normally switched on and positive felt shit. Yep. And I'm making something of it. And even if this doesn't do anything, I just wanted to have these conversations and dig myself out of this hole. It's okay to so feel shitty. Yes. But it's when you're okay not to feel used shitty, to it. But allow yourself to feel all the feels because feeling those, those lows and that shittiness, is all, it's all part of life. It's all part of life. Totally. So make sure you feel it all. Wow. Okay. 
So this is just the cheap um, liquor land. <laughs> Next time we'll have the dog carry on. Look at my rack. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for chatting with us and giving, you know, thank you. I've loved, loved chatting with you. I love chatting with you.